What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Now it's time to get back to the Hale Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? Weekend edition continues. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. NFL action this weekend. Playoff implications. Of course, TCU gets rolling on Monday night against Georgia. We bring in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, with us to talk all things pigskinned and beyond. Sharpie, good morning. How are we doing? Hey, good morning to both of you guys. I know there's a statue of limitations on how long you can say Happy New Year, but we weren't together last week, so Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. You've seen that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, haven't you? <laughs> yes, I have. That's classic. Good uh, good recall there. Nicely done. <laughs> what's, what's, what's Larry David's take? It's been three days. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's so good. Uh, I want to get your your recap on uh, on yesterday, Sharpie, and and a take on on Satterfield and and specifically wait 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 coordinator uh, Mr. Tony before, Tony White. Before we move on, Tony, before we move on, he I, wants passion, I, right? That's the word he associated with what what you're gonna see and how it translates for defense. You're gonna see guys fired up to play. And there you go. What's the word you would have used if you could ballpark Nebraska's defense the last three or four seasons? What word do you associate with? The new word's passion. The past word was what? Uh, hold on one second. You were going to say something, Elijah? Yeah, you know, we, we, we need to get a statue of limitations here because I see Schmitty's still got a Christmas tree in the background, and it's January. Dude, what, are we I, listen, what are we doing? What are we doing? I know yesterday, oh. was, was, yesterday was National Take Your Tree Down Day. And uh, Mama was working, and I'll be honest with you, I, I said something to her last weekend that, uh, so are you going to just sit on the couch all weekend, or are you going to get your tree down? And then I got the luck, so I just stayed away from her. <laughs> <Wrong answer. laughs> no, I, I, I did broach it, Elijah, uh, just so you know, and you, you also know now too, Sharpie, but... Uh, I'm just going to leave her be. <laughs> she worked all last weekend. <laughs> she wants nothing hey. to do with anybody. <laughs> and the 26 hits, there's a lot of people that that tree is coming down. So uh, good on you. I mean, I'm sure you'll have your lights up until about June. So that's good. Never, never <laughs> ever put lights up. So I don't have to worry hey. about it. <laughs> hey, I would say when it comes to uh, the defense the last couple of years, you know, it's kind of been – you look at the uh, defense two years ago that was an older defense because of the extra year of eligibility, mm-hmm. and that was a defense that was good enough to give you a chance. You know, last year, I think it was too complicated at the beginning of the year, and that's just kind of how Eric, how Eric Chenander's defense is with all the checks and stuff. And for younger guys, it can be difficult. And then you saw they simplified things, and they became more passionate. They became more aggressive. Um, so, you know, it's been a mixed bag the last couple of years. I, I think the takeaway, whether it be Tony White or Marcus Satterfield yesterday, guys, is you can tell that they've done their homework about the Big Ten and, and maybe a little bit of their homework about the current roster and what has uh, held Nebraska back. I, I think they just I, – I was impressed yesterday, and, and trust me, some of the things that were said, whether it be a fullback or play with passion, this fan base is going to hold them accountable. But I also didn't think 
they're not overthinking things. You know, we, we, we sometimes we want to we wanna go so deep on what ails Nebraska football or, or how to fix it. I think we heard two guys yesterday that are just, you know what, hey, it's the basics of football. Let's don't overthink football. And if we can do the basics, then everything else is going to fall in line. So that was a, that was a nice little, you know, early January uh, football uh, discussion yesterday. And, and, and I think what those guys are saying, I believe, it's just now what they have in place it's can they find the pieces that are on the current roster to put those in those spots to, to make them successful. Gary Sharp is with us here. It's a Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And Gary, one of the things that I thought was really fun from yesterday's press conference was Marcus Satterfield talking about uh, coaching with UT Chattanooga and coming to Nebraska back in 2011, running a fullback dive on the first play as an homage to the, the Nebraska of old. And one thing that I thought was a little bit interesting was that was also the season, 2011, that Nebraska first started playing around with the no-huddle offense. And it it's just interesting whenever you talk about Marcus Satterfield yesterday talking about how he's on a crusade to bring back the huddle to football. And I want to get your take on the no huddle versus the huddle argument. When you, when you talk about pro-style offenses, I mean, a lot of NFL offenses are huddling up too, but college football seems like the standard now is to go no huddle. So, so what's your take on the huddle? Do you like the huddle coming back to Nebraska? Well, I, I, I think it's important at times to have a huddle. Um, and, and I also think it's in times important to go with tempo. And I think you'll see um, both of those. Another thing about that, so when somebody stands in front of you and they talk about we're going to utilize the fullback, we're going to dominate the line of scrimmage, and we're going to bring back the huddle, the one thing I, 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 I think I enjoyed about hearing Coach Satterfield talk yesterday is he explained things. You just don't say, okay, we're going to bring the fullback back. You explain why you're going to bring it back or why you want to have a huddle and what it means in terms of leadership and, you know, and just and understanding the play. So I, I think that's important. I just think, you know, we, we talked about this when he was hired, guys, that if you look at Marcus Satterfield's coaching career, he has really adapted to all the different places he's been, whether it be in a warm weather place, whether it be in an FCS school, now in a Big Ten school, that he's had a lot of experience with different offenses, and he's kind of adapted them to your environment and your league. So that's what I'm excited to see. And what he said yesterday, boy, that just resonates. That, that, that's like Big Ten football. That's what's made Big Ten football in the West Division pretty successful. Again, don't overthink things. But I'm thinking if they're going to bring back the fullback, can we eventually get back to, and I know they won't run entirely out of the eye, can we bring back the eye back? Because there was something special about the depth chart at Nebraska that everybody else has an R or they have a T next to the B. Nebraska had the I. Um, so, I mean, if we're going to go fullback, we might as well go all in. Let's bring back the monster back. Let's bring back Mike. Let's bring back Sam. Let's bring back Will. Let's just go all in on the past. Well, as long as we're just taking from the, the, the greatest hits, can we get Mike Brown in a rover, too? Can we do a rover? Yeah. Hey, well, and you know what? And kind of probably in the 3-3-5, in the three, three, we're going to get a semblance of that position. Yeah, I mean, let's, hey, let's just run it back, boys. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No one ever complains about that around here. No. And listen, <laughs> you, you run it back. And that's what was so pretty pretty cool to hear coach white talk about was and he's kind of in our age range sharpie where you, you got out of high school well, well pearl jam and nirvana were dominating the charts and oh yeah by the way nebraska was on new year's day winning and crushing people i mean that 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 sweet spot and he was pretty uh, genuine with his take i mean about what do you mean, turn down Nebraska? What do you mean, what, what about the job? I mean, the, the, the name and brand still 
still has a lot of weight with people of a certain age, Gary. Yeah, you know what? It's, uh, you know, the three of us and everybody else, we cover this every day and we're surrounded by it. 365, 24-7. It is kind of refreshing to hear people from the outside come to Nebraska and kind of what they thought about before they got here and in a brief time how they've been treated, um, kind of how, how big this job is, how cool this job is. And, and I think it's important when you're a new coach because you know what this is going to be like. The first time you lose or you go through some adversity, it's going to start to wear on you because of all the attention around the program. But I, I, think, it's, I think it's refreshing to hear people talk about the past that, you know, it's not around it every day and how important Nebraska football was to them. And I also think, you know, and, and again, this is way down the line. I think we're in for the long haul here. Um, you know, these guys kind of look at it as a responsibility. And I, I think the previous staffs that have come in here have done the same thing as a responsibility to get Nebraska back to being respectable, you know, where they're competing on Saturdays and Saturdays matter again. I just have a sense with this new group to hear them talk because every recruit will say, They've got a plan. They've got a plan. I've heard coaches that they visited say they've got a plan. And you know what? They're uber confident. So that at least gets you you feeling in the right direction that they do have a plan. And it's not just a plan. They have pieces to the plan. And, again, I was, that was good yesterday. I, I was encouraged to hear some stuff, to hear some good football talk by the two coordinators, who will probably also be the first two coordinators paid a million or more at Nebraska. Gary Sharps with us here, a Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And, Gary, you talk about that plan. It's, it's been a unified front from both Satterfield and Rural on wanting to run the football and, and kind of getting Nebraska back to their roots in that sense. And I think from coaches to fans, everyone knows the first step in that process is going to be rebuilding that offensive line, getting them back closer to what, to what we used to have here at Nebraska. And I want to get your take. I mean, Matt Rule seemed bullish on the offensive line in his opening press conference, or I should say his signing day press conference, saying, I'm not as down on the offensive line as a lot of people are. I still have a lot of hope for them and a lot of confidence in them, yet he's bringing in transfer portal visitors, guys that he wants to bring in and add to the competition in that room. Well, what's your take on, on that Matt Rule comment now a couple weeks on, seeing Matt Rule go to the transfer portal for offensive line? And, and what's your take, your confidence level in Nebraska's offensive line as it stands right now? Well, I think in terms of uh, adding bodies, you never say no to guys that you feel like can help you. And, you know, you think about it, that, that offensive line room is actually kind of light in terms of scholarship guys. So I don't have a problem trying to upgrade your roster at any time. If you feel like you have the opportunity to add another body, whether they come in and be a starter or not, or where they challenge somebody who is the heir apparent, I'm all for that. I think when you look at that rule and, and, and adding Satterfield's comments yesterday, I think he believes that as he went back and he discussed the last year's offensive line woes, there were some issues of teaching. There were some issues of a brand-new first-year offensive line coach. There was a disconnect between the offensive line coach, probably the head coach, and a little bit of the OC in terms of the play calling that he believes that because Matt Rule is so hands-on, especially how he's going to be with offensive line, and picking Satterfield and retaining uh, Donovan Riola, that he can put both of those together that they're going to be able to overcome some of the things that ailed the offensive line. And then I also think he is really, really banking on that strength and conditioning and what they're going to do differently in more explosive and quicker and more speed with offensive linemen will benefit some guys that probably their bodies have been in the wrong place. But, you know, he has put it out there that the offensive line is going to be front and center on where this program is going. And so I do like this. He's taking accountability, and he's going to step up, and he's going to back that up. There's a lot of things here that Matt Rule is either hiring or saying 
that you kind of either got to give them the benefit of the doubt or trust because you've seen it before. But people are going to hold him accountable, but I believe that he will hold himself accountable as well, whether it be a staff hire that doesn't work out and, and, and you know, not cutting your teeth in the Big Ten, or in particular that offensive line. Because he doesn't, you don't make a comment like that and then have that offensive line be one of the, the weaknesses of your team. So I expect him to be very much hands-on. I expect him to upgrade that roster, and I expect him to be able to find the, the right button to push with the certain guys, like a Corcoran. Um, like a Ben Hart, guys we've been waiting on. Is it finally going to click under this new, uh, this new uh, coaching staff? Sharpie, I think that's exciting. I think that's exciting to, to put as much emphasis on the offensive line and know that it's not just a great soundbite or what people want to hear, but to make sure you are physically hands-on enough to deliver. And that's something that I think you can, you can let yourself smile about with several sets of eyes that have O-line experience, taking this offensive line to a spot they've never been, letting Riola do what he thinks they can do best and, and being able to communicate that to an offensive coordinator and a head coach. We, we, we've seen too many years of uh, not folks not being on the same page. I'm excited if I'm a Nebraska fan that it will finally be uh, a one sheet that everyone knows how to read. Well, I think here's the thing. Like, we're going to watch two teams play on Monday night in Los Angeles for the national yeah. championship, and they definitely got an identity. What have we talked about for years around here, guys? Mm-hmm. Nebraska, what's the identity of Nebraska football? There's, there's the part of this is what I want to be, this is what I can be, and this is what I am. So I think what you're starting to see here, because every new staff comes in here and they say, hey, this is what we want to do, this is, this is who we want to be. But how long do they take to get to that identity? Or do they ever get to that identity? And they keep telling you what they want to be. I think Matt Rule has an understanding of the Big Ten and I think also has probably gotten people in his ear about what has ailed Nebraska in the last five-plus years and said, we're going to establish an identity. I look around and I look at a Wisconsin and Iowa and a Minnesota, even an Illinois, teams that are, that are physical, that establish the line of scrimmage, and that's what we need to do to be successful. So we're not only going to say that, we're going to, with our actions, either recruiting to that or how we're going to play is going to back that up. And, and, and I, feel that, I feel a sense of, I believe, Matt Rule, when he says we're going to establish an identity, and it's going to start at the line of scrimmage, that this isn't just you know, hot air that's been thrown around in the past and we've all rolled our eyes. I believe that his emphasis, because he doesn't fail at any attempt to bring up the line of scrimmage or his assistants bringing it up, that this will finally happen at Nebraska, and we'll see how much of a benefit that is for Nebraska and if they're built for it and if they establish an identity. And once they establish an identity, then you can move from there, and that's portable from Saturday to Saturday. Gary, what's your take on, on the difference in what we've seen this offseason between Nebraska and Wisconsin with Nebraska and Matt Rule saying they're going to go with an old-school, huddle-up, pro-style offense, and meanwhile, Wisconsin brings in Luke Fickle, who brings in an offensive coordinator that, at least within his history, likes to air it out close to an air-raid offense. What's your, what's your take on, on the two directions those programs are moving? I'm wondering what the heck is going on. Who, who are those people in Madison, and who are those people in Lincoln? It's almost like they, they are switching identities, but... You have head coaches, and you hire coordinators, and you work to their strength. We'll see if that can work in Madison when the wind is picking up in uh, November. I mean, 
you can throw the ball in cold weather. It's all about the wind, and we know where places are windy uh, around the Big Ten in the month of November. I, I think you have to be comfortable with how you're building your roster. And, and I'm curious about what, well, the way Wisconsin is going. I mean, they're going all in on the skill guys. You know, they're going in on a quarterback. I mean, we, what has sailed Wisconsin or held them back from making that next step? It's the quarterback play. So they've upgraded that position or at least given you some encouragement by guys that are pretty dynamic that are not Graham Mertz. Um, and on Nebraska, Nebraska's kind of going with the Wisconsin model. I, I think, guys, this last year of the West Division, it's going to be fascinating. I, I, as you wake up today, who is going to be the favorite? I mean, Illinois, they have to replace their defensive coordinator, but, boy, they have a lot coming back. I mean, I think Purdue is going to take a step back. You know, Minnesota is losing all their assistant coaches, and they're hiring guys that are you know old enough to be our kids. Um, you know, and then you have Nebraska, Wisconsin, and, and Iowa has Cade McNamara. I mean, I, I think the last year of the West Division, it's not probably going to get the love because we don't have Michigan and Ohio State. But I tell you, there are a ton of storylines that are going to dominate in 2023 in this division. Sharpie, I want to zoom out and end with uh, some Big Ten. You mentioned Minnesota. Why the uh, the departures? I mean, Siaraka's off to Rutgers, and I know a paycheck's a paycheck, but you're having folks leave uh, row the boat land in droves, and they've they've been very successful. Yeah, that's uh, that's one that is surprising to me because they brought him back, and you saw the the difference in their offense. And remember, they're going to make a transition to. I think they're going to throw the ball a little bit more, um, maybe be a little bit more balanced. Uh, coming up next year because of who they're going to have at quarterback, and they have you know some pretty good wide receivers. That one was really really shocking, but I do wonder this. And and this is this is not oh my gosh, this is you know I can't believe you're saying this. There are a lot of people, whether it be a player or a coach, you know maybe PJ Fleck wears you out after a while. Um, you know maybe that that you get about two or three years, and you either realize he's. It, it, you can handle that or you can't, and you make a decision to move on. But I tell you, that one was the surprising one, to stay in conference and go to Rutgers, especially when you brought him back and you liked where your offense was going. But, again, there always seems to be another side to the story, so we don't know internally what was going on. But here we go, guys. We look at Brett Bielema. We look at P.J. Fleck. We look at, like, I'll go way back to Hayden Fry. When you feel like you have a really good staff and all of a sudden they start getting better opportunities or parallel opportunities or to become head coaches, the sign of a really good head football coach is when you have openings, do you hire above what you just lost because you can't take a step back? And we will be very curious to see what Minnesota does. But I think it's alarming to have at this time of the year, after all of the, the bowl season and everything, people are, are leaving off of P.J. Flex's uh, staff. I, there's there's got to be more to this story than we're, we, uh, we know from the uh, outset. Gary Sharp with his Sharpie. We will get your recap and reaction to Council Bluff standout Max Duggan and the national title game uh, Monday night uh, next weekend. But it should be a lot of fun for folks in this area, in your area, with uh, with what uh, can transpire. But have, have yourself a weekend. Have a good call this weekend. And thanks for taking time with us this morning, man. Hey, I will tell you that uh, Minnesota and Nebraska play in two hours, and I'm in Minneapolis. Uh, Let's hope that the uh, shooting is a lot warmer inside of the barn than it is outside. It is zero right now, and there are 15 (laughs) inches of snow on the ground. Well, uh, heat up, get a cup of coffee, (laughs) and, and stay warm, my friend. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, guys, as always. Appreciate it.